is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. Now, here's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Hey, welcome to the Thursday show. Thursday shows are the best shows of the week. Everybody knows that because Dave Richard is back. Dave, we missed it two days in a row. Welcome back. Well, I was ready to go on Tuesday, and that was trade deadline day, and we got the Ajayi news, and someone had to write about it, and I was happy to do that for the good of the site. And Wednesdays, I'm busy doing research for the cheat sheet, and I'm never on Wednesdays, but I guess that's your favorite show of the week, huh? But you knew that. I mean, I made that announcement, I think, last year. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with we get to do things like... uh Great trades and play the feud. You missed the feud yesterday. I know, and trust me, I'm heartbroken over it. Listen, Wednesdays are my favorite days too, because I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> yes, actually, Jamie already read that uh transcript oh. of you saying that yesterday. Oh, okay. So, I wasn't yeah. sure if he did or not. I guess I should have uh, gone back and listened. Hey, Josh Gordon might be fantasy relevant again. We'll talk about that. We will preview the all right, so there are only four AFC home games, so to balance it out, I put in a couple of NFC home games. Please don't get mad at me, everybody, but we'll do the four AFC home games plus Dal- uh, what is it? Yeah, Dallas, Kansas City, and uh, Green Bay, Detroit. Those uh, those six games. Those two plus the four AFC, that's today. Aaron Jones is the start of the week. We'll talk about that. A lot of injury updates for you, and we're talking stashes. Not the ones on your face, but stashes for your fantasy football benches. And your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. All right, the big news, Josh Gordon, as I mentioned, conditionally reinstated. Jamie, he can play beginning in week 13. Do you want to add Josh Gordon? If you're in a deep league that has deep benches, then yes. If you're in a 10-team league, 12-team league with shallow benches, um you know, I think it just depends on what your roster looks like. Yep, and what Most, your record is. Huh? And what your record is. And what your record is. Like, I had a buddy who's uh, six and two. He said, "Do I need to hold on to Terrell Pryor? Or should I pick up Josh Gordon?" Absolutely, pick up Josh Gordon over Terrell Pryor. But there, there are better stash candidates out there. Um, you know, what's the quarterback situation like in Cleveland when he comes back? What shape is he in when he comes back? There's just a lot of things working against him. Will he even come back? You know, to play this year. Right. Uh, definitely though, in, in long-term keeper and dynasty leagues, he should be added across the board. Well, the good news is his agent has said that he is in the best shape of his life. So we don't have to worry about that factor. True. Wait, does he have an agent? Cause I thought I saw something that said he does not have an agent. Maybe it was his, his manager or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause his I, handler. I thought that might be a joke, like he's his own agent and he said that. <laughs> uh, it would have been very clever. Uh, Gosh, uh, Jordan. I don't think we have to spend too much time on Gordon. Look, we're in week nine right now. He can't play until week 13. And that's the earliest that he'd be able to play. So, Heath, why don't we talk about some better stashes than Josh Gordon? I want to win my league. I need a guy that's going to pay off down the stretch. Tell me who to who to keep on my bench. The biggest mover this week going up in the stash rankings was Danny Woodhead. I made the mistake of saying on Tuesday I didn't think he was going to practice this week. And then he started practicing almost immediately. So that is very encouraging. He's eligible to return week 11. He's not fully participating in practice and I don't think he's ready for that yet but the fact that he's just at practice doing stuff is very encouraging I, my expectation for Woodhead is that when he comes back Javorius Allen is basically going to be out of a job right that was my next question okay so that's what you expect and then you more or less expect Alex Collins to get the running downs and 
Woodhead to be the pass catcher, right? He's PPR only, or, or that's what? my expectation. I don't know if he's PPR only because he has shown in the past. He's probably PPR only, but okay. he has shown in the past an ability to be useful in non PPR leagues. Yep. Would you drop Deion Lewis for for in PPR for Woodhead? So Woodhead can't help you until week ten or eleven. Lewis can't help you till week ten. Uh, Lewis Woodhead can't. can't Lewis has Denver yes, in week ten. I would 10. drop Deion Lewis for Danny Woodhead. Yeah, Lewis is Denver in week ten actually, and 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 he's on the most drop list, and he's sixty four percent owned. Deion Lewis has a pretty bad schedule going forward. A bye week, Denver, Oakland. That's could be okay, but he I mean he hasn't really done anything regardless of schedule. Miami, Buffalo, Miami, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. So uh I understand. I mean, I was going to bring him up as someone to pick up off the most drop list, but I don't really think it makes that much sense, unfortunately. Uh What do you guys think about Deion Lewis, just owning the guy who has gotten the most carries recently for the Patriots but hasn't done much with it and doesn't have a great schedule going forward? I I think he's okay as a... 20-ish type of fantasy running back, meaning a low-end number two running back, until he's not. And there will come a time where he's not. It's the it's New England. Right. He, he hasn't really – I mean, he doesn't score, you know. He just yeah. gets carries. He doesn't really do much. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what do you think about his ownership, Deion Lewis? 64%. Does that feel about right to you? It feels a little light to me. A little light? I would expect him to be in the 70s at least. Okay. All right, Heath, who else are we stashing? Uh, another guy that is eligible actually to return this week, D.D. Westbrook. I don't expect him to have an impact in his very first week back. But listen, the the top two receivers on that team are Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee. If Westbrook is special, there's nothing that says that he can't supplant one or both of those two guys. Fair enough. And he's widely available. Uh, I will look up the ownership percentage if you'd like it on D.D. Westbrook, who spells it D-E-D-E. Not like Didi Gregorius. Who would you rather own, Didi Gregorius or Westbrook? I just needed to ask you that so I could find his ownership percentage, which is 10%. You don't have to answer the question if you don't want to. And then the other the other thing that I kind of led off the article with was Ezekiel Elliott is obviously the number one stash and has to be held everywhere. He doesn't necessarily have to be held everywhere. You just can't drop him. If you're a team that's 500 or a game under 500 and – Want to have any chance at all of making the playoffs? You've got a deal, Zeke. And on the flip side, if you're a team that's six and two or seven and one, I'd be making an offer for him. Now, what about some of the guys on the most drop list? Uh, so how about every Redskins wide receiver? Jamie, you mentioned you could drop Terrell Pryor for, uh, for Josh Gordon. Now, two of the Redskins receivers are on the most drop list and one is on the most added list. Pryor's on the drop list with Doxon. Crowder is on the most added list. He leads Washington in targets. But all three of these guys are available in 40% of leagues or more. So do you think in the second half of the season a Redskins wide receiver will emerge? And if so, who will it be? I still think Doxon. Um, you know, I just hope that the targets start to increase for him. That's the. It just makes no sense. Like, why would you invest a first-round pick in him two years ago? He's healthy now. Terrell Pryor stinks. Crowder is what he is, which is not a downfield threat. And they're giving him at most five targets a game for the most part is three. So I, I just don't understand the, the usage. Now it's hard to say that any of these guys are going to be very good if this offensive line is bad. Right. So I don't know if any of them necessarily qualify as must stash guys, given the fact of what their matchup is this particular week. Well, and next week they got the Vikings. Uh, even worse. So, um, 
you know, again, I, I think it depends on, on the league that you're in. Like, I'm, I'm, I have Doxon in a keeper league. I'm hesitant to drop him because he'll get picked up and, and I think he could be really good next year. Mm-hmm. But if you need to drop him in, in redraft leads at this point, um, he's not, he's not a priority. See, Doxon is somebody that had been on the stash rankings for most <clears> of the season <throat> because I was thinking, well, he's going to eventually overtake somebody. He's done that now. He's not really a stash anymore. You're just waiting to see if he actually Produces yep. and and looking at the Redskins schedule the rest of the year, it's not I, pretty. I don't know how you can be excited about Kirk Cousins, Josh Doxson, Jameson Crowder at Seattle, Minnesota, at New Orleans, Giants, mm-hmm. Cowboys, Chargers, and then Week 15 and 16, Cardinals and Broncos. I would say just one thing about Week 15, car, the Cardinals at home. They've shown first of all they give up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks, uh, and they are not good when they go to the East Coast. So, That's true. Yeah, that that one doesn't scare me too much, but you're right. The rest of the season schedule, I'm very interested about the at New Orleans matchup, but it's not a great. Well, actually, let me let me talk about okay, just for Kirk Cousins at Seattle, home against Minnesota, weeks nine and ten. We're not gonna love him. After that, though, what scares you until Denver at week sixteen? New Orleans, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Cardinals. There's only one thing that scares me. It's the offensive line. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, at, by at no, San Diego or at Los Angeles Chargers is looking like it's a bad matchup. I think they're all challenging matchups for a receiver who's not getting as many opportunities. No, for as cousins. We'd hope. For cousins. Oh, for cousins. Yeah. I I don't think it's great when you consider the offensive line, which is a unit that's banged up. For them to get healthy and stay healthy, it seems a little bit of a stretch right now. Okay. Lots of good pass rushes in that mix. All right. Well, if you want to talk about a good schedule. There's a guy on the most drop list. I know he's not going to be available in a lot of leagues, but Hunter Henry is now 77% owned. This guy, I did some schedule analysis. I was going to talk about it on yesterday's show, but we ran out of time. I looked at the schedule grid, and I looked for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Who had the best fantasy playoffs, weeks 14, 15, through 16, and 16 matchups? Um, and... I want to wait another week and get a little bit more data before I reveal the results anyway, because I don't feel comfortable with some of some of the teams that are ranked low, it, it, you know, or that are giving up a lot of fantasy points to certain positions. I don't necessarily buy it, so let's wait another week and see what happens. But Hunter Henry really did stand out. He does not have a bad matchup left. In fact, after this buy, he's got almost nothing but great matchups. Now Dallas doesn't give up a lot of fantasy points to tight ends, but they haven't faced good ones really. Um, but in the playoffs, or the last four games for Hunter Henry, not including week 17, are Cleveland, Washington, the Chiefs, and the Giants, or the Jets, rather. Those are three of the five worst teams against tight ends, and then there's the Chiefs, who aren't that good. So if you can pick up Hunter Henry, he's a great stash. And Heath, which um, Titans wide receiver would you like to stash right now? Because all three are, are available. I, I, my... Priority list would be Corey Davis, then Rashard Matthews. I don't really think Rashard Matthews should be getting dropped quite yet. I, if Marcus Mariota gets right, and I still expect that he will, I think Matthews is going to be a red zone target for him. This week, the expectation is Davis is is a full go. He and Matthews are the starting outside wide receivers. I'm excited to see this offense with those two and Mariota all healthy. Yep, bye week for Mariota. He's not on the injury report. He reportedly has his mobility back. I, I do want to go back to the to the Hunter Henry thing real quick. What? How can we feel comfortable in what his role is? I mean, just like the state of the tight end position, Hunter Henry has to be owned. And he, do, he right. I mean, he's played eight games. 
Five have been good, three have been bad. Yeah, la- before last week, he was on a really nice streak of dependability. He Yes, but one of those was because he caught a touchdown pass, had two catches for 16 yards on three targets. I know, I just like, it's almost so like with, with, with tight end, beggars can't be choosers. I understand. He's going to have great just, matchups every week. I understand why he's being dropped, too, though. He's a on a bye. He's coming off a two-target game where he played half the snaps. Well, I mean, look, some people don't have the luxury of carrying two tight ends. I think that's the yes. point. So, like, if, you, if you're looking at it, and, and Adam, you've talked about this, if you're expecting Jordan Reed to miss multiple games, is it is it better or worse for your roster to carry Vernon Davis over the next two, three weeks or Hunter Henry over the next two, three weeks, factoring in that one, he's not playing? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a personal decision that every fantasy owner will have to make for himself. But I I see what you're saying. I, if if Jordan Reed were out for the year, I'd probably rather have Vernon Davis than Hunter Henry. If that's your, what your question is. No, no, I I think that's a much easier decision yeah. to make. But the tougher decision is, do you drop? Like I have Hunter Henry in, in three leagues. Two of them right now, I haven't picked up a tight end yet because I'm waiting until right. Saturday to drop somebody because I can't I couldn't find anybody that I like. Better than him rest of season. Right. You don't want to drop Hunter Henry in those leagues. I don't want to. No. No. Right. But like, I'm, I'm staring at one league right now because I went to look at the, the third team I know where I have Hunter Henry. I was like, did I get a tight end for this one? And that one I got Vernon Davis. But okay. Hunter Henry's still on my bench. Can I give you a fun Vernon Davis, Hunter Henry fact real quick? Sure. sure. They yeah. both have exactly 312 receiving yards this year. No. Oh, how about that? Interesting. Chris had a good note just, uh, while we're still in the range of talking about Josh Gordon. Uh, Chris told me this last night, um, that Josh Gordon and Mohamed Sanu were in the same draft class. And Gordon still has more receiving yards right now than <laughs> Mohamed Sanu. Oh, also, another interesting Hunter Henry, Vernon Davis fact. They both have the same amount of letters in both their first and their last names. Now, where are you going to get fantasy analysis like that? Give us a five-star rating on iTunes right now. And listen to our other podcasts, cbssports.com slash podcast for a full list. That's singular, cbssports.com slash podcast. Pick six, pick six podcast is awesome. 24-7 sports college football podcast. We got an NBA podcast, Flagrant 2. We got a great college basketball podcast that's going to be three times a week beginning next week with Gary Parrish and, and Matt Norlander. We've got a In This Corner podcast, which is wrestling, MMA, and boxing. Uh, really great stuff, cbssports.com slash podcast. Make sure you watch Fantasy Football Today, live noon Eastern on cbssports.com. Uh, uh, Monday through Friday and then 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. Eye on Fantasy Football is our radio show. That's Saturday nights on CBS Sports Radio. And it'll be Jamie and Heath this week. And we have a Saturday mailbag. I'm doing it with either Dave or Jamie this week. And we're going to give our midseason MVP awards. We actually got an email that I've been trying to read. Who are your midseason MVP awards? Best waiver wire pickup, even some IDP. So I'm saving that for the Saturday mailbag. Uh, Jamie, Aaron Jones is our star of the week. You're pretty pumped up about him this week um, going up against Detroit. Yeah, I feel excited that the Packers offensive line is expected to be healthy for, I believe, the first time all season with the five guys that they expected to start the year being out there. So that's encouraging. Um, the track record against the Lions in the last five games, they've given up a touchdown to, uh, to running back five games in a row. Um, they allowed seventh most fancy points to opposing running backs. Jones got uh, 20 touches in two of the last three games. Um, so I, I think this is a good opportunity for him to uh, continue to build off what he showed in that Saints game. All right. We will preview that game later on in today's show, but Aaron Jones, start of the week. How about give me a few guys you'd start him over? Oh, I'd start him over Carlos Hyde, Devontae Freeman, DeMarco Murray. Whoa. Um, Devontae Freeman, huh? Yeah, if he plays. 
Well, yeah, he is dinged up, but expected to play. All right. Yeah, I think Aaron Jones is in a better situation than Freeman is right now. All right, guys. Hey, what if I what if I told you you could take the best part of fantasy football, something you get to do only once a year per league, and do this incredibly fun thing every single week as many times as you want? And yes, of course, I am talking about the snake draft, and I am talking about the draft app and playdraft.com. If you want to try it for free, sign up right now. Download the draft app. Go to playdraft.com. That's your other option, and use our promo code FF today. FF today is the code. You will get a free entry into a draft, so why not? Give it a shot, and I, I'm, I know you're going to like it. Uh, search for Draft in the App Store, and you're going to see the app. Now, on Draft, you get to play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. The drafts only take a few minutes. They start at $1, so it's not costing you much. And it's really fun, and it's really competitive, and the listeners keep on challenging me. Big Kane 2 on Draft, and you can challenge me too, but you have to join me on Draft, so... Download the Draft app or go to PlayDraft.com. You have to use our promo code. It's FF today. And again, the promo code is FF today. Sign up. Challenge me. Let's go. I'll beat you. All right. Time for the injuries, the news, and notes. What is Jameis Winston's status? So we start with quarterbacks. Jameis Winston. He's going to play at New Orleans. He practiced on Wednesday, so it's looking good that he'll make the game on Sunday. Tyrod Taylor or Jameis Winston, and Josh McCown or Jameis Winston. Both over Winston. I would start Tyrod over Winston. I'd start Winston over McCown. I'd go both over Winston, too, just with the uncertainty. Kyle Shanahan was vague about when Jimmy Garoppolo might play. So we really don't know at this point. Joe why, Fle- why would they put him on the field so soon? Well, he, he even was vague about him playing the season. Right. Yeah. but it's, it's a bad cast around him, bad offensive line. He's supposed to be the future of the franchise. Why, I, don't, I don't get why they'd put him out there unless they felt real good about the rest of the offense. All right, uh, Joe Flacco is going to play this week. Brock Osweiler is going to start for the Broncos at Philadelphia. Does that downgrade Demarius Thomas at all? I moved him down. Yep. Yep. And I I don't want to trust Emmanuel Sanders either. Nope. You moved Sanders down, or uh, Thomas down, like, no longer a number two? Where where is he? He's in the flex range for me. He's outside of my top 24. I moved him from high end number two to low end number two. Same here. He's in the 20s. All right. That's Demarius Thomas. The How about I went I went from a team with uh, Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas, and Kelvin Benjamin trying to make a trade of Kel- of, of Demarius Thomas uh, in package deal, and now now I may not have any wide receivers. <laughs> Why? Because oh, I don't expect Kelvin. Kelvin to play. Oh, okay, this week. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got Brock Osweiler. Oh, sorry, I just said that. Uh, Brian Hoyer. That's who I meant. He signed with the Patriots. That's wonderful. Running backs news. Leonard Fournette practiced in full. Alfred Morris got the first carries at Dallas practice. Not a surprise. And he's got a good matchup. Chiefs don't have a very good run defense. We will talk about that game shortly. There's so, a good story in the Dallas Morning News about McFadden and how he feels he'll be. Um, he said he, he basically feels like he's just been given time to rest. And uh, he says he's never felt as fresh as he does right now. And I got another angle to put on top of it, too. Go for it. Well, you want to? I was going to wait until okay. we talk about that All right. game. That's fair. Uh, that's coming up in a little bit. Wide receivers. So, Kelvin Benjamin, do we know if he's going to play? We don't. We don't know for sure that he's not. I would not be surprised if he's active and plays like 10 snaps. Like they tell him, okay, when we get in the red zone, I want you to go run a post. Yep. I just did a video with uh, Brady Quinn, former quarterback, and he said, uh, I don't know if I agree with it, but he said it's the third easiest position to learn behind kicker and punter. Receiver is? Yes. Ahead of running back? He said just all he's got to do is learn two or three routes and he could be out there for 30 snaps. Well, he like, could, that's true. Tyrod could just say, hey, run this route this time. 
on a play. He calls right, the play but, and then says, hey, run this route. Well, he's got to make sure he knows how many yards to run the route, when to break in or out of the route. Uh, I mean, there's terminology. You just yeah. know it's, a go it, route it's is a go route. Ten-yard post. But, eh, but Kelvin's ten-yard post is Kelvin's something that's Kelvin's never been a very good run, route runner in the first place. No, he really – he's Kelvin's ten-yard post <laughs> takes 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't start him. Okay, would you start Demarius Thomas or Kelvin Benjamin? Thomas. Oh, Demarius, easy. Okay, would you start Amir Abdullah or Kelvin Benjamin? Abdullah. A- anybody. I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure they're, they're, I'm starting, right, right, yeah. like, Devontae right. Booker. I'd start D.D. Westbrook over him. Uh, if he's active, I'd start him over D.D. Westbrook. But I would start active, Corey yeah. Davis over Kelvin Benjamin. All right, Corey Davis. 60 hours. How, how could he be active and good? Corey Davis practiced in full. He's 50% owned. Terrell Pryor said that his reduced role recently helped his bruised foot heal. Well, well, what about his bruised hands? I, maybe he's playing hurt. Who knows? Uh, Jamison Crowder mispracticed with a hamstring injury. Do you expect him to play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he gets back on the practice field. Hopefully for his – I don't think anybody's starting any Washington players with confidence outside of Davis and Thompson. Okay. Uh, Devontae Parker says he'll play this week. Pierre Garçon mispracticed. Do you expect Pierre Garçon to play? Yeah, sure, as of now. I, I yeah. do. It's a veteran – you mispractice on Wednesday and you're old. I don't really care. Well, he had the neck thing, but yeah. I don't He's think it was like, that serious. That's Patrick Peterson over there. Yeah. Ooh, my I, neck. I, 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 Ow. That's, Ow. that's <laughs> CJ Beathard. <laughs> nope. 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 Uh, Emmanuel Sanders returned to practice. That's a good sign. Delaney Walker, though, mispracticed with an ankle injury. So we are not ranking Delaney Walker right now, right? Not right as of now. now. Correct. Jonu Smith in the rankings. Jonu is in the top 20. Yes. Offensive line. Four Washington offensive linemen mispracticed Wednesday. They are at Seattle, not setting up to be a good week for the Redskins. Detroit left tackle Taylor Decker's off the pup list. He has three weeks to return. Please come back, Taylor Decker. And the Saints offensive line's a little bit dinged up, but that's something we'll keep an eye on today, really. When we preview the game tomorrow, we'll see who practiced. It doesn't seem too serious for them. On defense, there's a great article about the Saints defense on CBSSports.com. Uh, how legit is the Saints defense? It's, uh, it's interesting. So please read that. Tampa Bay cornerback Brent Grimes mispracticed. That's more good news for Drew Brees. Buffalo safety Jordan Poyer is questionable tonight. EJ Gaines is out. Uh, their cornerback EJ Gaines. Oakland getting healthier in the secondary is Carl Joseph, their safety, and David Amerson, their cornerback, were limited in practice. They've got the Sunday night game against Miami. Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas might not play. Could be questionable with a hamstring injury this week. Green Bay safety Morgan Burnett may be able to play this week. He's missed two straight. They face the uh, the Lions. And Houston defensive lineman Chris Covington is out for the season with a torn biceps. That is a very banged-up defensive line, as we know, for the Houston uh, Texans. And congratulations to the Houston Astros! I was hoping, hoping for an epic game, hoping for uh, – I thought they were going to come back. I really did. I didn't know that the Dodgers were going to win, but they left a lot of runners on base. Could have been a really exciting game. It was a bit of a dud, but you great think started Kershaw after what he did? No, I, I don't at all. Let me just say, as a fan of the Chicago White Sox, I'm sorry that it was you, Houston, in 2005, and I hope the 12-year wait was worth it. Yeah, and it's been a long way. It was their first World Series, so pretty exciting stuff. Well, that team's been waiting a lot longer to win a World Series than 12 years. Hi, no, Cleveland. But, well, they've never, no, won they've won. never won a World Series. That's right. their first World Series. That's true, but at least they got to the World Series in 05. That's true. That is true. Uh, I just need to issue a quick apology before we preview the games. Oh, this is my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah. Go. Yeah. I think I was a little unfair to Butterfinger yesterday. I, um, I don't really know if, but if I like Butterfinger or not. I know I didn't like it as a kid. 
I'm going to give it another shot, and I'm going to do that on Sunday night. I'm going to bring a Butterfinger into the office, and I'm going to eat one on the air, and then I will make my determination on whether it's as wretched as I as I made it out to be. So, so, office so we're, being... we're doing it live here? Yep, we'll do it live. I get I get to watch you do it? You get to watch. In our in our little closet that we have to record? That's the, there it is. If you don't like it, the, oh, speaking of which, uh-huh. why haven't you done a Bean Boozle yet? Because I haven't lost a Bonanza yet. You didn't pick a bonanza last week. There was a bonanza. Therefore, oh, you should have point. to do it. That's a good that's point. You, if you don't pick one and say there's not a bonanza, of course there's a bonanza week, every there week. Is one, no, then no, you have to do it. There's a bonanza Absolutely. every week. Those are. I, I won't okay, go another I, week. I tell you what. We have a disagreement. I know how you like to I'm solve disagreements. Right Why don't we do a right Twitter now. poll? And no, see what stop, they stop. Yeah. Look, I'm, if I get a bonanza wrong, I'm happy to do a bean boozle. There's going to be a bonanza every week. I can't take like the field versus the bonanza. Like hoping they're all wrong. You didn't pick one last week. I didn't feel comfortable. I'm not forced. Exactly. Well, then you can't one. say there's going to be one every the week. Choice. I, you know what? Just forget it. This week I'll pick one, and if I lose, I'll be I'll be. We'll boozled. see what the Twitter poll says. I'm doing it right now. It doesn't matter what the Twitter poll says. I don't honor your Twitter poll. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I don't honor it. The only reason we, Wait, we took just had this conversation this week. Yep. I don't honor your Twitter poll. I think you're way off base on this. And let no, me just we're say, right. the more and more I've thought about this. You guys are just so wrong about Jerry Maguire. Like, the diehard thing you're extremely wrong about, but that at least is a little bit understandable. The Jerry Maguire thing, you're just way off. It, it, it makes me question. And you couldn't even get my Stand By Me quote the other day. Why do I listen to you on movies? Why? Is this, is this why you, is this how you try to change the subject away from the fact that you need to do a bean boozle? I don't need to. Everyone knows you need to do it. Uh, AJ do from right Haverville, thing. Massachusetts wants to know if he should start Carson Wentz or Tyrod Taylor tonight. Tyrod. No, I'd go Wentz. Gotta play that high. I man. would go Tyrod. There's a, there's a higher ceiling for Tyrod this week facing the Jets than there is for Wentz facing the Broncos. And I'm, a higher not, floor. Huh? There's a higher floor, right? And a higher floor. I don't think Wentz is gonna be awful, but I, I would take my chances with Tyrod more than I would with Wentz. Kyle wants to know rest of season, Ingram or Freeman in standard scoring? It's close right now, but I think Ingram has the edge. Uh, I, I definitely would say Ingram if he hadn't just fumbled twice. But we're getting a different tune from Sean Payton this time than we got last time. And you want to know why? It's because he doesn't have anybody else to turn to. He's not going to give the ball to Alvin Kamara 30 times a game. So I'm phrasing the question. If Adam doesn't pick a bonanza... Because he's scared and one happened. <laughs> no, you can't say because he's scared. Because he's put because he's scared in parentheses. Very, very fair. No, very put, fairly phrased. No, it's, it's not. Uh, you guys are the worst. Thursday shows are the worst. All right, uh, let's do the games. Let's do the games here. Let's go to Kansas City and Dallas. I want to try to read more emails a little bit later, but um, Kansas City and Dallas is our first game. And here's your stat of the game. I actually have two stats of the game for you for this game. Stat of the game number one. We still have a bean boozled in the office, right? So when Sunday he comes in after his butterfingers, he's yep. gonna do it. Yep. After I'm not our going to no, reveals that he's wrong. You Perfect. know what? Like Hold on a second. You're gonna be here on Sunday? Yeah, I'm gonna be here. Oh, you're, I think it should be like three bean boozled. That's why I invited you to the Canes game, Dave. I'm coming down for the Canes game. You still, there's a ticket for you, buddy. I'm not taking it. Alright. My daughter only turns ten once. She's not having a party at night. She'll be asleep. Yes, she is. Oh, she is? Okay, fine. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to Kansas City and Dallas, and your stat of the game. Kansas City allows 4.9 yards per carry, the fifth most rushing yards per game in the NFL. But they are 13th in fantasy points allowed because they allow the fewest receiving yards per game to opposing running backs. But they are not good against the ground game. So 
This is the big question. What do we do with the Dallas running backs here in week nine? Jamie, kick it off. I would start Alfred Morris as a number two running back, um, just with the hope that he's the guy leading the way as he was in practice. I think McFadden can still be a flex for you if you're stuck. But if you have to pick between the two guys, Morris has the slight advantage going into week number nine. I have a theory that goes the other way. And it's not based on a single thing that I've heard from anybody in Dallas. It's just something that I kind of fell into on my own. Alfred Morris, and this is going to be football nerd talk. So for the next 30 seconds, buckle up. Here we go. Do the nerd voice. I don't want to do the nerd voice. Alf's been known as a great zone block scheme running back. That's what, that's part of the reason why I loved him in Washington way back when. And McFadden has never been good at that. He's been much better in a power blocking scheme. Cowboys offensive line can do either one. Very talented offensive line, but they're a little bit better power blocking. I went back and I watched some of the past couple of games of the Chiefs, especially that one against Pittsburgh and the Steelers power scheme the hell out of them. And Le'Veon Bell was getting all sorts of yardage. The guards were making plays for him. And I can't help but wonder if the Cowboys see that on film and they go, you know what? We should try running powers, power run uh, against Kansas City. And the running back to do that with is McFadden, who's been on the shelf, fresh legs, and he's done it before for this team. And he's a little bit more versatile than Morris. So you think they're going to change what they do to fit their running backs as opposed to just continue to do what they do and hope their running backs fit their scheme? Well, what is it that they've done? They've, they've run zone and power with Zeke, but it's Zeke who gets it done. And if they know that these two running backs can only run a certain type of way, then wouldn't they attack the defense but you're uh, the way that, Morris, that they know that they can, can get I'm, I'm not disagreeing, but you're just saying that Morris can't do that though. He, he never has. He's never succeeded at it in his career. Just like McFadden has never succeeded in zone blocking. Remember when the Raiders way back when, uh, went to zone blocking after being a power team and we kind of poo-pooed that and say, oh, McFadden can learn that. And guess what? He couldn't. Yeah. So it's, it's a hunch. It's a total hunch on my part, but I'm going with it. All right. You like McFadden better now. The other two, Jamie and Heath, they like Morris better. Is there anyone in the Thursday night game other than LaShawn McCoy, any running back or flex that you would start over, or wide receiver, I guess I should have said, that you would start over Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden? No. Forte, I guess. I'm not, I don't feel good about a lot of running backs this week. Forte is one of them. I would not start Forte over Alfred Morris. In a PPR league, I might start Robbie Anderson over him. Okay. But, but you would start like Robbie Anderson. Not Dave, but Jamie and Heath, you would start Robbie Anderson over Darren McFadden. Absolutely. I would too. You would too? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, 80, 87% say you have to do a bean boozled. I I don't don't honor it. I don't honor it. Stat of the game number two. Dallas allows the third fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Only one touchdown to a tight end this season. Travis Kelsey has already faced two teams that are top five against tight ends. He scored zero fantasy points against the Chargers. He scored three fantasy points against the Steelers. Do you want to avoid Travis Kelsey in daily fantasy? Obviously, start him in seasonal. Do you want to avoid him in daily? Sure. All right. In daily. I am not sure. They're on the road. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) sure if Dallas really is good against tight ends. They haven't faced great competition, but it's just something to keep in mind for you daily fantasy owners. All right. Are both Travis Kelsey? Are both quarterbacks um, must starts? I think so. Absolutely. Yep. All right, we won't we won't really get into Dak, but Alex Smith. Would you start Alex Smith or um, Stafford? Stafford. Stafford. <laughs> so I guess he's not a must start. I'll take Smith. 
I love both these guys, but I'll take Stafford's ceiling. Okay. So you I would start, take Smith's ceiling. I'd start Tyrod over Smith too. I would too. I would rank him Taylor Smith Stafford. Yeah, I would take Smith over Tyrod. Stafford Taylor Smith. Yeah, before I'll go Smith Taylor. <laughs> Dallas had been so bad against quarterbacks before they faced uh cousin Bethard and, and Cousins in bad weather the last two games. We're gonna start Kareem Hunt. You guys have have uh, Tyreek Hill ranked pretty high. He's top seven in standard. He's top twelve in PPR. He does average fourteen point two five fantasy points per game on the road, which is more than what he has scored in all four home games combined. That's bizarre. And uh, you just you know, you, good matchup. Like tell me, Heath, why do we like Tyreek Hill so much this week? Um, great matchup. I think the Cowboys are going to score points. So the Chiefs are going to have to throw the ball. And that's been the real big difference for Smith, Tyreek, even Kelsey on the road, is that Chiefs games on the road have just been much higher scoring than Chiefs games at Arrowhead. All right. Well, sounds like you guys should be getting ready for some bean boozles next week. This one's got a lot of bonanza potential. Not not officially declaring it, but um, start Dak. Start uh, Dez. Talked about the running backs. Give me your thoughts on Jason Witten this week. Jason Witten, 88% owned. Only one game in his last four, uh, no, his last five, with more than four fantasy points in standard starters at Jason Witten. I would nervously start him, partially because we're not exactly sure how this run game is going to shake out. and Dak is going to have to take full control of the offense. He can lean on Witten. And if Cole Beasley is out, that that's just going to open up targets for Witten over the middle. I would start Jack Doyle, Vernon Davis, and Jared Cook all over Jason Witten, but I would still probably start Witten if I didn't have one of those guys. All right, and Heath, you have Jason Witten one spot ahead of Austin Safarian Jenkins tonight. Dave and Jamie have Safarian Jenkins ahead. And Heath is the only one who has Kansas City's DST as a start, and he has him 12th. So yeah, I don't, don't call them a start. Okay. Like there are five teams I have ranked ahead of them that are owned in less of six, less than 60% of leagues. There's somebody better. That you can pick up. Someone chewed me out on Twitter for having them ranked low. Well, the thing about how could you do that? There's no Ezekiel Elliott anymore. Like they they forgot who the the Chiefs defense is. is really bad. Yeah, very very bad. But they no matter who the opponent is, they could be playing against the greatest show on turf, and they've got the potential to score two touchdowns. They've done it in a lot of games, so I probably do have them ranked too low. But uh, you look at their last six games, five of them double digits in fantasy points. And they've been bad over that stretch. Yeah. Yeah, but the Dallas is just a tough opponent. They don't turn it over. They allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to DSTs. So you're not starting the DSTs in this potential B-word game. Oakland is at Miami on Sunday night. Stat of the game. All right, we go from one uh, new running back situation in Dallas to one in Miami. A running back has scored double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues against Oakland in five straight games. Those running backs were C.J. Anderson, Javoris Allen, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, and LaShawn McCoy. Not exactly, uh, you know, maybe a little bit better for the most part than Kenyon Drake. So give me your thoughts on the Dolphins running backs, Jamie Eisenberg. It's a gamble, but I, I think you're going to see Drake get the majority of carries and probably the majority of touches, but they're going to split time, split work. So it's risky, but they've had 10 days off. They should be rested. They're at home. Uh, the Raiders run defense, not very good with six teams on a buy. I'm okay with Drake as, or Williams as potential flex options, Drake and standard Williams or PPR. We like Alfred Morris better. Are you and Heath? Absolutely. 
And Dave, oh, yeah. you like McFadden better than the Dolphins guys? I actually don't. I've no? got uh, I've got Drake. I believe I've got him ahead of all of them. Did, okay. Does anybody feel like I feel that this is going to be arguably the worst running situation in the NFL? Um, I think there's a Seattle, chance of that. Seattle just said, "Hold my beer." Yeah. <laughs> no, I say, <laughs> okay, Seattle's worse. I, they're going to be bad. I, th- I, I agree completely. I wrote about it yesterday. I wrote about some running backs that I thought you should try to trade before this week. And if somebody views Kenyon Drake as a starter the rest of the year, I think you should trade him. I, and I, Chris has talked about how maybe Adam Gase is right and maybe JHI's dancing was the problem. Maybe. But he was not dancing by himself. There were two to three defenders in the backfield uh, he was they, trying to avoid. And he would actually turn them into like best case scenario plays yeah. where he could lose two yards and he actually gains a yard or two out of it. Their offensive line has been almost historically bad according to uh, Casey Joyner, that's his name, on ESPN yes. who charts this stuff and he he said they have been so bad. So I'm not necessarily picking on the, the actual running backs, but the running game could be a real problem. Uh, for, but Damian Williams does have a pretty good career of catching passes, you know, pretty good track record. So you like, I'm, I'm sorry, we like Williams better in PPR? Yes. You can make the case for it. He also has had some goal line work in his day. Okay. He has 73 catches in three and a half seasons and doesn't get used much, so. It's one of those things where you, you absolutely pick them up. Wherever they're available, you pick them up. You don't have to start them. And if one guy comes out, look, Dolphins line's bad. They are getting one of their guys back, not necessarily this week, but soon. Ted Larson was just cleared off the pup list to start practicing, I believe, yesterday. So if he was expected to be one of their starting guards, if he's able to, you know, help, that certainly is something that's going to change things. Um, but if they stink, you just cut them. He's, he's right. You know, if you could trade them now before you see them and get something good in return, you do that. But what if one of them is good? What if, you know, giving Williams, and he's a Chris Thompson-like guy, you know, that they just give him six to eight carries, which he hasn't been getting, and start throwing the ball? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be surprised. He was, I don't know if you watched, as closely as you watched the game Thursday night, they had a, a screen play call. Yes. It was a perfect play call. Uh, Jamie, you know I actually, I talked about it on the air, and I need to apologize. I said it was Jay Ajayi. I thought it was, and then I was corrected that it was Damian Williams. It was he, Williams. He would have had a touchdown. He, he would have had a touchdown. They had a perfect yeah. play call. Uh, Matt Moore screwed it up. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's uh, talk more about this game. Derek Carr, you guys like this week. Do you like Derek Carr or Alex Smith? Smith. Smith, but it's close. And they stayed in Florida, or they stayed on the East Coast. Right? So They stayed in Florida. They've Sarasota. been in Sarasota at IMG Academy. They right. were had to come down here and thaw out because they're so cold. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you don't have to worry about the travel. Uh, Adam, you'll appreciate this. So um, Sunday, we... <laughs> We have Hank Goldberg, who's one of the, you know, best in the business still at predicting games, uh, you know, against the spread and arguing with, uh, with us essentially, cause it was our yeah. point, Heath's point. You know, I brought it up on our Sunday show about what Derek Carr has done and, you know, I teed up Heath about, um, his, his numbers in the, in the cold weather. And, uh, Hank was arguing that, that 50, 49 degrees is not, or in the, it was 43 yeah, degrees. Like 43 degrees is not cold. In Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> it well, was a very funny argument. Yeah. Hank nah. is generally on these things. And, and he, he, you know, it ended up being wrong, but, um, it was just like, like the things we were, the things that we argue to try to prove our point. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? There's any, any little edge you can get. Uh, who's your favorite running back in this game? Lynch. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I really do think that the two fumbles last week by the young kids, the the fact that he's got fresh legs, and the Dolphins' run defense at times has shown that it could be a little bit leaky. So the Raiders, I, I don't think Marshawn's having a huge game, but I would take my chances with him more so than I would with the, the what could be a messy situation with the Dolphins. Who's got the best chance to score of any running back yeah. in this game? It's Lynch. All right, Lynch or uh, Lynch or your favorite Dallas running back? Alf. I'll take Morris. I'll take Lynch. Lynch or Robbie Anderson? Robbie, in both formats. Yep. Okay. I'll take Lynch and standard Anderson PPR. Lynch or Ted Ginn? Ginn. Ginn. All right, Jared Cook is – I'm sorry. uh, Jared Cook is someone you could start this week. He's top 10. He's 11th for Heath and PPR. Uh, The Raiders wide receivers. Do you feel comfortable with Cooper and Crabtree this week? Yes. I do for sure. Yeah, you don't have a lot of choice. Right. It's, it's not just ball. that. I think the matchup is better for them here than it was last week against Buffalo. And Cooper's gotten 29 targets the last two games. It's, it's clearly they're, they're featuring him as much as they can. Yeah. All right. Let's start him like, up. This is a game where I think he can break a long touchdown catch. Whereas last week I didn't think he could. Adam. Yes. When you eventually start to have children. Uh huh. And I, I hope, uh, your wife is more athletically inclined than you are. <laughs> um, raise them to be backup quarterbacks. Yeah, why? How much? Uh, Brian Hoyer's salaries. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> 2017, $7.776 million. $7.3 million from San Francisco, $476,000 from New England. Pretty good. 2018, $3.815 million. 2.9 from the 49ers, 915000 from the New England Patriots. 2019. 2019. 2019. He's gonna be a lot of money. He gets a Bobby Bonilla contract. (laughs) 2019. 3.05 million from the Patriots. Oh man, yeah. All right, I about that. I about that. I the if I have a girl, she was the first backup, first female backup quarterback in NFL history. Hey, God bless you. Okay, don't start Jay Cutler. And um, do you feel with Devontae Parker playing? Do you feel good about Jarvis Landry? He had a. Less, he had, in three games with Devontae Parker healthy, he didn't score a touchdown and had two pretty crap games. But in PPR, total stud. But in standard, do you feel okay with Jarvis Landry? Yes. Yep. I, yeah. You don't have a choice. Well, you might. You might have, have a choice. Have a no, you don't, I, I, no, I don't. Look at my rankings. Well, who's, which, uh, which Dolphins wide receiver do you have ranked higher? Landry for sure. Well, why for sure? Just because he's coming back from the injury? Devontae Floyd is not reliable. Devontae enough. Parker is was having a better year than Jarvis Lynch. Why why does nobody believe me? He was on pace for like ninety catches and twelve hundred yards. That, I, why do I call him Devontae Floyd? Because you keep saying on pace every time you talk about him. But he was doing it. I mean he was doing it in his first three games. Like he was having the breakout that we were hoping for. He's good. I I don't understand like why is it that you're just completely discounting what he did? I've got him as a top twenty wide receiver this week. What do you mean? Okay, because Okay, I'm sorry. You actually have him the <laughs> highest of all three. But you're acting like it's ridiculous that I would expect him to be better than Landry when he was, in fact, better than Landry when he was healthy. It was like four games. Was... They've played together for three years. He's having his breakout. <laughs> all right. Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Now before you go updating the poll, 91% say yes, you have to do it. 9% say no. You know what? time. Your polls are so biased. Why is it biased? This is a very unbiased bowl. Yeah. It, it seems scientific to me. I'm appealing this to to a higher court. Uh, it will be <laughs> you and Zeke. If, if Zeke plays this week, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll make a deal. With you. If Zeke plays this week, you don't have to be to take the be boozled. Oh God! All right, stat of the game: 
Jacksonville allows the fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, that would be, of course, relevant to A.J. Green. However, they really haven't shut down any good wide receivers unless you count T.Y. Hilton. DeAndre Hopkins had 11 fantasy points. He had 16 targets. Uh, and it was a garbage-time touchdown. Antonio Brown had 15 fantasy points. He had 19 targets. Robert Woods had seven fantasy points. He fumbled, but he had 70 yards. He ended up with five fantasy points. Uh, but those are the only three wide receivers that have done well. But I don't know. Like, How do you feel about A.J. Green? A.J. Green or Devontae Parker? You're going to start Green over Green. Parker. You're going to start Green in every single one of your leagues because he's A.J. Green, and that's that's what you do with him. You don't have to use him in daily, and I think you do have to lower expectations for him. I think this Jaguars defense is legit. They got better with Marcel Darius being added to that pass rush, and that offensive line for Cincinnati has been a big-time Achilles heel for them. I think Dalton struggles. I think A.J. Green could end up disappointing you, but you don't want to leave that type of potential on your bench. Okay. Here's, here's a stat that we got from um, a CBS Sports Research packet. Um, they are among the one, two, three, four, five cornerback duos in NFL history, Ramsey and Boye, to not allow a touchdown through the first eight Ooh. through eight weeks of a season. Wow, it's it's impressive. All right, so Jamie's the lowest on AJ Green. He's got him sixteenth. We have lowered expectations. Lowered expectations for AJ Green. Joe Mixon or Marshawn Lynch. Mixon. I guess Mixon. I'll take Lynch. All right, this is a Jaguars defense that's giving up the most rushing yards per game, five point two yards per carry. But they did just add Marcel Darius, and they also like have had good stretches. Like they did well against Gurley. They did well against Le'Veon Bell. Um, so yeah, Mixon or, or your favorite Cowboys running back. I'll take Morris. I was just looking at that, and I think I'm going to drop Mixon a couple of spots to right below Morris. What do you expect from Tyler Croft this week? 73% owned. Uh, Tomb Raider. Um, <laughs> he might be put in a tomb by the Jaguars D. Yeah, I think he's a low-end starting option. Uh, I would not want to stream him. I will take a chance on Tyler Higby before I roll with uh, Croft. This I'm week. not going to go that far. I'll just go with the right in the middle of Dave and Jamie. All right, so like Jared Cook ahead of Tyler Croft? Yes. All right. Vernon Davis, obviously. We go to the Jaguars. Leonard Fournette, he's top four. Cincinnati's good against running backs. Could be a tough matchup. Sean McCoy averaged 3.3 yards per carry. Bell, 3.8. But Fournette, obviously, you start him. Anybody you're interested in in the Jaguars passing game? Not as a starter, but in the three-receiver league, I think Hearns and Lee are in play. Yeah, they're they're both uh, right around that. 30 range at wide receiver for me. I'd be scared to start either one. Yeah. Marquis Lee. I'd start them over Garcon and Aguilar. Right. I'd be more yep. scared to start those guys. Okay. Marquis Lee has over 70 yards, two straight games. So. How many straight games? Two. Okay. Look, wow. Look, you're, you, I mean, you could get you five, have a, five or seven. Three is a streak. Him. I'm It's something. He's, it's not ter- Like, Blake Bortles' quarterback is 70 yards, two straight games. It's pretty good. And, uh, and you're moving in the right direction. You're up to 10% now. No. Great. Cincinnati DST, probably want to avoid them this week. But uh, 14th for Jamie, 20th for Dave, 11th for Heath. This game's done. Baltimore is at Tennessee. Stat of the game. Only three running backs have scored double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues against Tennessee. And two of those three had a receiving touchdown, which seems pretty unlikely for Alex Collins. Now, to be fair, Lamar Miller would have gotten... Double digits 
even without the receiving touchdown. So I guess that means two running backs on rushing totals alone reached double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues against Tennessee this year. To sum that all up, Tennessee's actually been pretty good against running backs. They've so? played against some teams that really struggle to run the ball. They've played the Browns. They've played the Seahawks. They've played Marshawn Lynch. They've played the Dolphins. Colts. Colts. All right. Good point. So do you, do you like, do you love Alex Collins, who by the way is like 80% owned, still available in some leagues? How do you feel about Collins this week? I feel like there's a letdown coming, but because of all the teams that are off this week, you have to start him. I feel the opposite. I think he's going to do great. I think he's got that role on lock. I think he'll get more opportunities when they get inside the 20, inside the 10. And I think he's got a chance to have a really big game. We've all got him ranked in basically the same spot, right? I don't know. I've got him. I got him 15. I have him 12. High end number two guy. Would you rather start Alex Collins or AJ Green? Collins. Hmm. Zero hesitation. Collins standard green PPR. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, it, just, it just feels like, like there's there's going to be a disappointment. We'll stick with Baltimore here. I know that Tennessee is not a good pass defense, but that you are not starting Joe Flacco. And then the wide receivers. How about compare the Ravens wide receivers to the Jaguars wide receivers? Wow, you found a way to make the Jaguars wide receivers look good. <laughs> I've got Macklin in the same range as Lee and Hearns and okay. Wallace below all of them. All right, so so we want to avoid these guys if we can. You may not be able to, but would you? Okay, would you start any of the wide receivers in in uh, for Baltimore? You know, let's throw Tennessee in there too. For Tennessee, for Baltimore, for Jacksonville, would you start any of them over Jordy Nelson? No, no, no. Devontae Adams? No. Hmm. Okay, not even a Tennessee guy, huh? Nope, not even a Tennessee guy. Okay. I skipped over Javoris Allen, Heath. What do you feel about, how do you feel about Javoris Allen? Uh, he was also on my list of guys to trade before they're not worth anything anymore. He might have an okay game in PPR this week if, um, they, Tennessee puts some points on the board and they fall behind. But his, his future is very, very bleak. Would you start Buck Allen or Demarius Thomas? Demarius. Alright, and we know we don't love Demarius this week. Uh, Ben Watson is 24% owned. He's another guy. Like, Tyler Croft or Ben Watson? I'll go Watson. Croft. Dave, break the tie. Croft or Watson? Watson. Watson, okay. Uh, alright, Mariota. How do you feel about him? Baltimore allows the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. That includes a 34-point game by Blake Bortles in London. But other than that, they've been very good. They have not faced good competition, though. How do you feel about Mariota this week? I'm not ready to jump right back with him. I feel like I gotta see it from him. Could, can we just real quick do the list of quarterbacks Baltimore Ravens have faced this year? Sure. Go for it, Heath. Andy Dalton. Deshaun Kaiser. Blake Bortles. Ben Roethlisberger. Derek Carr. Mitchell Trubisky. Case Keenum. Matt Moore. Thank you, Dave. Remember when the Chiefs played the Steelers and, you know, it was like, well, the Steelers haven't faced anyone yet. We said, yeah, but we still think they have a good pass defense. Do we feel that way about the Ravens? I think they have a good one. I don't think it's as good as what the numbers say. And Mariota hasn't been good this year. So, like, who are some guys that you would start over Mariota? McCown. Tonight. 
Tyrod. Really? Okay. Goff. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm the high guy on Mariota. I would still start Tyrod, Stafford, Alex Smith over him. I would not start McCown tonight. Russell Wilson. Has, has Mariota had, I'm sure there's a couple of them, but has he had, Seattle game, I guess, is one that comes to mind. Has he had a lot of games in his career? As, as, uh, short of career has it been? Where he's faced teams ranked with good pass defenses that he's played better than? That is not a question that I am prepared to answer. Yeah, I don't know. I know, Adam, like you, you would, you would constantly harp off season through now about he took advantage of that light schedule last year and that's really when he played great. Right. He really did have a great schedule. And I'm, I'm hopeful for him now that he's healthy. I mean, he ran, he's run for like eight yards over his last two games, something very low. So he's right. healthy. He's apparently 100%. Let's see what happens. It's not a great matchup. He's an okay start, Mariota. Uh, which, uh, who's your favorite running back in this game? Is it Alex Collins or DeMarco Murray? Collins. Murray. Murray. I don't get it with Murray. Don't understand the love for him. Well, well he's got a good matchup. Probably be about the same. Cause Collins has one game where he's, had dominant carries and, and he's going to do more in the passing game. Yep. Passing game makes a big difference for me. And, and the matchup's actually better for him statistically than it is for Collins. Over the course of the season, I get that, but with Brandon Williams back on the defensive line for Baltimore, well, I think it's going to be a lot harder. Williams and, played two games. Latavius Murray ran through them in one and JHI and the Dolphins who can't run on anybody didn't in the other. So if that's the baseline, I would lean toward the Minnesota game more so than I would the Dolphins game on a short week, too. Yeah. I can't do it. And Derrick Henry's had at least 13 carries each of the last two games. Yeah, but I mean... Murray so is still limited in Javaris practice. Allen in, in, in Alex Collins' great game still had 17. So, what, Dave, are you trying to sit DeMarco Murray? or? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a big DeMarco guy this week. Oh, wow. I can't I can't get a guy who gets 18 carries out of my lineup, though. But And, in, in, in again, statistically a good matchup. Yeah. And uh, your favorite Tennessee wide receiver is? I'm getting ready to update it. It's going to be Corey Davis. It's Corey Davis week. How can it not The breakout happens. I don't like any of them, but that would be the one. Yeah, I would agree. Corey Davis is the one you should have started if you have to start him. But, I mean, are they better than the Jaguars guys? I'm moving Corey Davis ahead of the Jaguars guys. I I see it, but that's not by much. (laughs) Right. I'm going to look right now, and we'll just live update. Corey Davis is going up ahead of all the Redskins, ahead of all the Jaguars. Ahead of Larry Fitzgerald. I w- I'm shocked that Murray even had an 18-carry game, just going back to DeMarco. You don't like now. Fitzgerald this week, huh? I don't. Really? I'm, no. Drew Stanton is one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL. You know He's that they bad. had the same, the same matchup. They played each other last year, and he had a two-touchdown game from Stanton. He, Guys. he did. He did. Um, every other game, basically, that he's played with Drew Stanton, he was awful. Uh, I, I would I would say most likely yes, but his track record against San Francisco, he might as well uh, be a York because All right, he guys. owns them. Sorry. Um, let, let, me just, let me just move us on here. Uh, the sneaky guy is Rashard Matthews because the, the one game that Corey Davis was healthy, they basically – Matthews and Davis basically had the same numbers. 69 yards, 71 yards, 10 targets, 9 targets. So I guess don't overlook him. Detroit is at Green Bay. Stat of the game, Dak Prescott is the only quarterback with more than 20 fantasy points against the Packers without the help of a rushing touchdown. Drew Brees did it, but he had a rushing touchdown. Uh, so how come you like Stafford so much this week, guys? I think, look, he's, he, he placed a very good pass defense last week and was a touchdown away from having a 20-plus point day. Um, I don't necessarily buy into this Packers defense being very good. No. Nope. And his track record against them is impressive. Yeah, two great games last year. Um, sure he's got like a, in his last five um, 
I'm sorry, his last three in Lambeau. I think he's got eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Wow. Okay. And and look, Stafford's had a tough schedule. He's faced two teams that are among the five worst in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. He scored 34 points against the Cardinals, 16 points against the Giants. That was on only 21 pass attempts. So, you know, if we don't really buy that Green Bay has a good pass defense, then it should be okay for him. This is a bad run defense. Uh, the, the Packers allow the third most fantasy points to running backs. What do you think about Abdullah and or Riddick this week? I don't want to use them. PPR, they're a little more tolerable. But I just, I just in general, I don't trust this run game. No. Yeah, I don't want to use Abdullah at all. Um, but I would start him over any Dolphin. I would start him over Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I just, he's gotten work and not done anything with it. Yeah, and, and the Steelers were averaging, the Steelers were allowing 4.9 yards per carry going into last week's game. And Amir Abdullah, not that I disagree with you, Heath, but uh, Amir Abdullah had 11 carries for 27 yards. So I think the bottom line is it'd be better not to start any of the guys that he wasn't mentioned. on the field when they were in the red zone. Right. He's not right. going to be on the field in, in obvious passing down situations. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that you could, you know, hope to hang your hat on is Lions score early. Right. Have success and he's killing the clock. But I mean, he's got one game this season where he's actually been useful. All right, rank these three players in standard. Rank them in PPR. Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Aaron Jones. Um, standard, I'll go Aaron Jones, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. PPR, I'll go Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Aaron Jones. Are we? I think I'm with you 100% of the way. Okay. I am going Tate, Aaron Jones, Marvin Jones, and standard. Tate, Marvin Jones, Aaron Jones, and PPR. Are we high on all of these guys? Sure. Should be a high-scoring game. I feel, I'm a little worried about Aaron Jones. <laughs> it's not going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, I don't think it is. Like Aaron Jones could be high-scoring, but the but but we haven't talked about the Packers passing game yet. Like you think it's going to be a high-scoring game, Dave, with those guys too? I think I think Jordy can be okay. I think the Packers can find 20 points. Lions might find 24. Just like because I still have Aaron Jones, the top 15 running back. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not that high scoring if it's 44 combined points. Right. But the Lions run defense has been good. They're giving up 88 yards a game. Yeah. They held Le'Veon in check. They faced Le'Veon, Mark Ingram, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman, David Johnson for almost the entire game. Yeah. They, they've been good against almost everybody. I will say, I, I, they lost loading out of though two weeks ago. And yeah. that's a big piece of their run. It is. It is. And the other thing I'd point out is that I, I want to give the Packers the benefit of the doubt coming off the bye week, that and they can fix the things line. right. And Jamie's right. The offensive line is way different now than it was in their last game two games ago. It matters. And I think it'll help Jones, and I think it'll help Unley, too. Well, how good do you feel about Jordy and, and Devontae? And I'm assuming no way on Randall Cobb. But but what should no. the Packers, what should the owners of the Packers wide receivers do this week? I still feel okay with Jordy because he'll play in the slot a decent amount of the time, and that's when he gets away from Darius Slay. Yes, Slay may see the most time on Adams. Right. That's I like Adams. Uh, between the three of them, Adams is in the middle because I just don't like Cobb, but to me it's Jordy one and then a big blank space and then uh, Adams. And well, ben Rhodes Cobb. pretty much was on Adams most of the game. When yeah. they played in Minnesota, sure. We've seen mo- the last two games the – Primary corner has covered Adams and not Jordy. I think there's Adams a sense, move. right? Uh, there's a little bit of that, and I, I think there's a sense that some teams are scared that Adams can beat them more than Jordy can. Okay. I mean, the bottom line is though, like Brett Hundley is just not 
getting it he's done. Awful. No, he's got to prove it. And, and, and Jordy's not really getting more targets, even with worse cut corners on him than Adams. So I don't, I don't really see a difference between Adams and Jordy. And if it's another week, like the last couple, I, I may have Adams ahead of Jordy from the rest of the season. And you might have both of them outside the top twenty-four every week. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound too dire about it, but let's, it could be really bad. Uh, all right, Jordy Nelson or Aaron Jones? Jones. Oh, Jones, easily. Jones is the best Packer. Jordy Nelson or Marvin Jones? Marvin. Marvin. Mm, I think I have it ranked that way. I'm not sure. Marvin's been great the last three weeks. He yeah. Has, yeah. Three games. I'd rather start to Sean Jackson than Jordy. Woo. All right, let's go to our last game, Indianapolis at Houston. Can we do it in two minutes, guys? Prove to me well, that we can. Easy to get through the Texans. Start all Texans. Now the Colts. The one thing that's interesting is the tight ends because they haven't been, he, you know, Watson hasn't been leaning on those guys. And when Anderson came back, Steven Anderson came back, same amount of targets for him as Ren for Ryan Griffin. You know what? And that's, I wanted to ask, is CJ Fedorowicz a stash, a good stash? No, I don't not think a so. good stash. I don't think so. Okay. Um, and I also wanted to ask this. Lamar Miller has two games this year in standard scoring with double-digit fantasy points. And he's averaging 3.6 yards per carry. But doesn't it, does it feel like Lamar Miller is going to have a big second half? He yeah. might because teams now have to really account for Watson. This what offense could just be awesome. And are there any really, really can. Colts that you want to start this week other than Jack Doyle? I'm starting T.Y. Yep. I'm excited about T.Y. What? Honest. You are? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I get it, I, but you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and I think Gore and Mack are both decent flexes. Yeah, I would take, I, the reason I like Mac better is I think they're going to be chasing points, and we've seen with the Colts when they're chasing points, Gord doesn't play. You like T.Y. Hilton, you like T.Y. Hilton or Jordy Nelson? Hilton, easily. Hilton, Hilton. Why did you say it twice? Because you echoed on our end. Oh, I did? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I would also like to, s- no, you know what? No, not productive, not gonna do it. Uh, alright, I, th- I think we can be done here. T- uh, let me do more T.Y. Hilton's. T.Y. Hilton or Marshawn Lynch? Hilton. Hilton, easily. Guys. I think Hilton's got a chance to put up one of those big games that we've seen. <laughs> Didn't we say that last week? No. Or no. Two weeks ago, no. whenever it, uh, Two weeks ago, I think. We, we two said weeks it, ago. I'll, I'll speak for myself. I've said it three times. Two of them happened. Yeah. One didn't. The Titans game is the one that didn't happen. Okay. That's fair. And I just think after the trade situation where there's speculation of trading him, the next day Chuck Pagano comes out and says we have to get him more involved, so you got the squeaky wheel situation going. Uh, bad secondary. The Texans' defense is not the same. Now they can play well this week. No, it's it's not, not a big surprise because not. Jacoby Brissett has, you know, shown that he has the ability to, you know, fail. But uh, I think with how he played last week in a tough spot on the road against a good defense in Cincinnati, he came through and did a good job there. Uh, the targets have still been there for Hilton. Fifteen in his last two games, so they're giving him seven plus. That's going to be good in this situation. And look, look, clearly Russell Wilson's a much better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett, but. Richardson, big plays, two touchdowns, could have been three. Tyler Lockett, over 100 yards. They had like 250 yards receiving between their three receivers. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, so let me just, let me finish with this real quick. Would you start Jacoby Brissett either, I, over either Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins? You can make the case over Cousins. over Cousins. Cousins for sure. I think I have him and Wentz back to back. I still start Wentz, but I, I can understand it. All right. Guys, thank you. Good stuff. Looking forward to uh, eating a Butterfinger on Sunday and, and no other candy. Too. No other candy. Wait, wait, let's see what the poll's at. It doesn't matter what the poll, your biased poll. It does matter what it is okay. because you did the uh, same thing to us. There are four of us on this show. Raise your hand if you uh, care about the poll. 
I do. I see three. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the great Thursday episode. 90% out of 676 votes. 90% say you have to do it. It's stupid. If if your poll counted the other time, this poll counts. And then you tried to sabotage my poll. I did. It didn't work. You have bias. You tried to sabotage it. You have bias language in the, in the Twitter poll. Read it. I, I can't, you read it. I don't have it. Okay. If Adam does not pick a bonanza because he scientifically uh, does not find a game that he likes. That's not what it says. There's, that there's no way that's what it says. Should we bully him into doing a bean boozle? There's no way. Oh, that, oh should we bully That's not fair. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>